This is the JWN Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Meanstead. This is another solo show. Thank you for tuning in or downloading or streaming or however you're getting this thing onto your device of your choosing. This is episode number 33, double threes. I don't know. I like to point out the numbers because it's just fun for me that I've made it to 33 episodes. I'm kind of in disbelief myself and I'm enjoying this a lot. And the more it grows, the more I'm, I'm excited to do this. So yes, thank you so much for listening. I'm actually recording this episode a little out of order. Today, uh, the day I'm recording this, this portion, I should say, it's Saturday. And I just wanted to kind of get something off my chest. I had been training for this half marathon for a while now. I was so excited when the opportunity to run an actual in-person race uh, came up and, and I was super excited. It was a trail run and it was just, you know, really well thought out, socially distant, wear masks at the starting line. Everything was spaced out. They did everything by chip time, yada, 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 yada. I don't want to bore you with the details, but it's the first race that I got to run since the lockdown, since since March. And I didn't finish it. I had to I had to drop out of the race five miles in. Uh, yeah, it was a, a very, very hot and humid day comparatively to the rest of the month. It wasn't, you know, if you were to go outside right now, it'd feel quite pleasant to be outside standing around doing nothing. But the minute you start doing some work... Unfortunately, you get overheated and you start getting sweaty, but it's so humid, the sweat has nowhere to go. It doesn't evaporate and you overheat, which at least I do. I, I don't deal well uh, running in the heat for more than a few miles. I just, I overheat. I you know There's no amount of water I can do. There's no amount of slowing down or breathing techniques. My body is just not equipped for running long distances in excessive heat or worse in humidity where I can't cool down. If it's cold out, I can run for hours. I love it. But when it's, when, when I hit that threshold and, and of course I haven't been able to to train at long distances leading up to this, um, simply because it's been too hot the last few weeks, it's cooled down and it's been fantastic. I've been able to run, uh, and enjoy it, not feel like I'm going to just die at the end of a run. Um, but today, for some reason, it was just really hot and uh, I stopped running. And I heard from my brother-in-law who did finish the race and some friends that, uh, yeah, people were dropping out. And towards the end of the race, there was people who collapsed uh, on the trail and had to get uh, taken out by the EMTs. So I think I made the right decision, but I'm like, uh, I'm this is the first time I've ever had to do that. This is the first time I ever had to quit on a race. A couple of times I've quit during a training run because of the same reason. I, I start to feel the heat exhaustion. I start getting the, the symptoms of heat exhaustion and there's no good outcome. I mean, the one or two times that I pushed through it and luckily didn't, you know, pass out or anything like that, I felt horrible for like days. Like I, it's almost like coming down with a, a really bad cold, like you're just drained and you just feel ill 
It, it's not a good feeling. So I felt that coming on. I feel fine now uh, because I cut it off. I, I just, I knew I couldn't finish and I just, I just stopped. But yeah, that's, that's stressful. It's not fun. It's not fun to, to fail. But if there's something I have learned through this whole pandemic, it, it's okay. It's okay to know, to, to be that in tune with yourself, to know when, hey, it's, it, you just gotta, you just gotta bail. You, you gotta quit. And despite what maybe uh, the leadership of my country uh, might say that quitting is a bad thing or that it's, it's a weak, a weakness, I don't, I don't believe that anymore. I, I definitely think you need to know your limitations. You need to look at the long uh, picture, you know, you need to look into the future. Do I want to continue running? Yes. Do I want to put myself in danger and put my family in danger by making myself unavailable to them by being sick for doing something that I enjoy to do instead of, you know, anyway, I think you get the point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm still kind of processing that. I'm definitely not happy about it, but I'm kind of in a positive mind right now that I, you know, I'm in a positive place that I was able to do the right thing by my own self. Does that make sense? All right, let's move along. And just like that, look, it's a whole other day, but for you, like mere seconds went by. Anyway, so... Let's see what's going on this week. I watched Saturday Night Live on Sunday. <laughs> Who watches it on Saturday night anymore? I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe it's fun. Apparently, a lot of people did, which is why I watched it on Sunday, because of all of the trending topics about Jack White. And uh, I was like, wait a second. Wait, oh, Jack White's playing? I mean, what? Apparently, he... His performance on Saturday Night Live was a last-minute replacement for some other dude who went out and got... He went out and partied and, like, broke all the COVID rules of, like, trying to, I guess, stay in a bubble so that they can perform maskless in, inside a confined space with an audience and other performers, you know, uh, hosts and, and whatnot. So, yeah... I mean, some dude, I, I'm saying, dude, I don't even know who was supposed to play. And I could look it up, but I don't care. Because <laughs> screw them for just not taking this seriously. And guess what? The whole world benefited. Because I watched that Jack White little medley he did, the first song that he did, which, which was, um, it was the Beyonce Don't Hurt Yourself collaboration he did then he he kind of mixed in uh, a white stripe song that ball and biscuit with blind willie johnson's jesus is coming soon it gave me chills and then i watched it like four more times and i just and i was just oh everybody needs to see this this is ridiculous i, I showed it to my wife i'm like you gotta check this out and she's like what's so special about it i'm like are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, am I on the same planet as everyone else? 
that was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable musical performance. Um, it was so on point. The song, the, the most of this, the medley was, uh, was Jesus is Coming Soon, which was written about the 1918 flu pandemic. I guess the song was written in 1928, but it just sounded like it could have been written, you know, today. Same, same imagery. Um, and, and it, Beyond that, who cares about the lyrics to the song and all that stuff? Just the musical performance. The drummer that he had, he, he, he was playing as a power trio, and the drummer that he had with him for this, uh, the, a gentleman by the name of Daru Jones. I'm telling you, that guy had me mesmerized. He had all of the drums kind of tilted outwards. And I would imagine the reason you would do that is so that you can change the tonality of when you hit the drum, because if you hit the drum on an angle, it's going to have more of a pop to it. But he just sounded like like a monster. Like, he was hitting those drums with such force. It was just, it was beautiful. And, and just the style and the, 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 the cohesion between the three instruments uh, you know, the bass guitar and, and the guitar and the drums was just so magical. And it was so, it, 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 you know, when you realize like that was a last minute thing that they just jumped on to the Saturday Night Live and played live in front of, you know, whoever's watching. And it probably is going to be one of the most watched ep episodes of the, of the year. I, I mean, Bill Burr, who I think is hysterical, gave a crazy monologue. Uh, not something I think most TV, like network TV watchers, are probably prepared to witness because he has such a way of riding the line of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And he pisses a lot of people off because they just, they project onto him what they think he's trying to say. But the reality is, he's usually saying the opposite of what you think he's Go where he's going. Um, and you know that just by the man's actions and the kind of person he is. He, he just gets away with that Archie Bunker type character. Uh, it's pretty funny. Um, and Jim Carrey was in the opening scene, you know, playing the fly. <laughs> he was going between uh, Joe Biden and what's his name? Um, Jeff Goldblum. Yes. And he, so he was doing Jeff Goldblum as Joe Biden as a fly. It was fantastic. That was really funny. That was a, that was a good bit. Anyway, it's not why you tuned in to listen to me rant about these bits. But I did think that if you haven't seen that first, that medley performance from Jack White, just go out and look for it. it, it it'll show up wherever. If you just put in Jack White Saturday Night Live, you'll find it immediately. It is unbelievably good. The other like tech news of note, and I guess it affects creative people because a lot of creative people use Apple products in their lives. Um, they they had their new iPhones that they were debuting, but they also debuted a new like little smart speaker. Which I'm not a big fan of smart speakers. They're, they're extremely frustrating and and intrusive and and they did like a promo thing trying to sell the people watching this this press event on this home pod 
And they were showing all of these things that it can do, like it can act as an intercom. It can be, you can have one in every room in your house and just have seamless music or whatever you want it to do. And they make it sound like, oh, can control the lights and do all this other stuff. But they're showing off these features and they show this woman doing yoga in her house. She's got an Apple watch on and somebody like uses the intercom feature to say something and she stops to in the middle of a yoga, like Asana pose, looks at her watch to respond to this thing. And I'm like, that's it. There it is, Apple. You just showed me and everyone else why doing virtual yoga just pretty much is unbearable right now. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks because if I'm in a class, if I'm in an enclosed space, right? The only thing I need to worry about is myself and what the yoga teacher is telling me. I don't care if, what, what else is going on in the world. I get to shut down and focus on the task at hand, which is holding some pose, right? But in the virtual yoga situation, uh, for me, I tried at the beginning of this whole lockdown, I, I signed up for a virtual class and I'm on Zoom or whatever, <laughs> doing it in my living room. Next thing you know, the dog's underneath me. Then my wife pulls out her camera and she starts taking pictures while I'm doing it. I'm like, nah, I stopped. I was like, I, I can't do this. I, I, I can't concentrate. I can't think. I'm the environment is just not right for me to to be able to do it the way to to get out of it what I want out of it. And I know that I from there, I mean, I can find spaces. I can find time where i'm I'm, I'm not disturbed. Heck, heck, I can find time to do this podcast. So, yeah, I could find the time. But there's something about going to that specific place and 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 traveling there and having the teacher and the energy of the people around you for me that works. But yeah, no, Apple, um, they just displayed why yoga at homes can really just be an awful experience for someone like me and why I don't want a freaking HomePod. No, screw your HomePod. That sucks. But then, but then they outdid themselves when they're showing off the new features of the latest iPhone because they're showing... Hey, eventually we're all going to get back to normal, right? They're showing a person's phone inside an NFL stadium. And they've got on the phone like seven different angles from the game. Like, oh, you can see the point of view from a player's helmet. Or you can... And I'm like, wait a second. NFL games are like upwards of thousands of dollars at this point to go to an NFL game. Like, you can't go to an NFL game on the cheap. It's not like a, a recreational day at the park. <laughs> it's it's an investment. There's, they're not cheap. So can you imagine spending thousands of dollars or even just hundreds of dollars, whatever the total cost, of, to get you to a game sitting in the stadium? You've spent, like, 12 bucks on a freaking watered down beer and you're sitting there with your crappy beer and instead of watching the game and enjoying the camaraderie of the people around you you're staring at your phone to watch the game think about that that is the dumbest shit I've ever thought of 
and I didn't think of it. Who's doing that? I mean, I get it. People are looking at their phone no matter where you go for other things. That's because they're bored at that moment or whatever the reason is. They're checking the phone. They're looking at to see if someone liked the picture of, you know, the selfie they took at the game. Whatever. But I'm talking about they're showing people watching the action of the game on their phone in lieu of looking at the game that's in front of them that they paid tons of money to be at. That's just insanity. It just, it basically said, hey, maybe we don't deserve to go back to normal because we're just going to not enjoy it. (laughs) Why would you bother going to the game? You could sit out in the parking lot and hear the sounds and watch it on your phone (laughs) like everybody else. I don't know. I found it extremely upsetting. Like, it really bothered me to see how awful an idea that would be. You know, be like going to a concert and instead of listening to it, you put your headphones in to hear the studio recording of the song that they're playing on stage. Like, no. (laughs) I'm sure somebody's going to steal that idea at Apple. That's my idea. You can't have it. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) let's, let's just get to the news. Our first story is about an AI startup called Musio. Musio. I, I, one day I will start to talk and know how I'm going to pronounce the words that are about to come out of my mouth. But until then, We're just going to stumble through this. Anyway, they created a music analysis tool to make the perfect TikTok hit. That's right. So I guess TikTok has become a major way that people consume music. And the weird thing is they're only hearing it like, what, 20, 30 seconds at a clip? Like a short little piece of music. And they use it as the soundtrack to their TikTok videos. And and apparently that's like, people are trying to figure out, okay, how can I have the next TikTok hit song? And that's the world we live in. I mean, we live in a world where people want to pay to go to an NFL game to watch the game on their phone and do yoga and get interrupted constantly. So why not enjoy your music in this fashion to have AI figure out what the best song is. This is kind of interesting though to me, only because that it analyzed all of the music data that is available to them through TikTok, and they found that about half of TikTok hits are hip-hop, which makes a lot of sense. To look at the, the breakdown of music, the saddest thing to me is the closest thing to like rock and roll is folk music. Or maybe pop music. But like 50% is hip-hop. And then everything, the second largest is about 17.5%, which is pop music. Everything else is just a tiny slice. Electronic has 8%. But then like R&B is 5.8%. Soul is 1.7%. Folk has 3.3%. House music has 1.7%. And you could probably even make the argument that house kind of falls into hip-hop as well. Not really, 
but kind of. So yeah, and they also figured out the beats per minute of popular TikTok songs fall somewhere between 60 to 80 beats per minute or 105 to 130 beats per minute. That seems a little broad if you ask me, uh, but they decided they're going to use a similar tempo in, to those two temp to those two ranges to create this song, right? And then they also looked at moods. So they recommended creating a powerful, energetic, or quirky track, avoiding negative vibes such as sadness, neutral, or scary. I, I don't. So wait a second. Neutral is a negative vibe. I mean, I would think neutral would just be neutral. Okay, whatever. So this guy called Brittle Bear, a songwriter, he he decided to produce this track using all of this data that that this AI company had gathered from TikTok's uh, data. And he decided to focus entirely on the beat and he created a melody that was quirky and used kind of generic hip-hop beats. <laughs> Let's give a quick listen to this to see what they came up with. So the AI took a look at this song. <laughs> Tell me, well, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the song kind of sucks. <laughs> it, it lacks any any kind of meaning. Or I, you have to imagine that when people are choosing their songs for for TikTok, it's probably something that is popular at that moment for a reason. It's not just some randomly picked song that sounds like it could be good for a TikTok. It's usually, I would imagine, I, you know, I, I'm talking shit. I don't know why somebody, I don't use TikTok. I don't know why, but I have to imagine that when someone's creating a video around a song or using the song as the soundtrack, it's because the song means something to them and it, 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 it has to do with the feeling that they're having for creating this thing, you know, like it all fits in. Anytime I see like a viral TikTok video, because I have seen them before, it's usually like something, it, it makes sense. Like the, the the song makes sense to the, to the video where this is just, this is a real, this is a fail. If you ask me, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't see somebody hearing that and going, oh, this is going to be the soundtrack to my amazing viral video it's just it's i don't know it just it lacks soul <laughs> this is where ai is in 2020 i think it, it it suffers from the same problem that groupthink suffers from groupthink always kind of sucks <laughs> you know uh subreddit for indie rock uh, fans called Indie Heads, they just released a a top 10 uh, songs from the band The Strokes as voted on by the members of this 
subreddit, right? This forum. And I look at the, and you know, it's kind of mostly what you'd expect, but missing from this top 10 list are probably the songs you might like the most of a band you like. And I looked at this thing, and of course you go right to the comments, and all the top comments are commenting on the songs that are not present on this list. And it just, it's the reason why group think stinks, because a group of people are just going to miss the minutia. You know? You know what I'm saying? When it comes to art, I should say. I guess when it comes to a political discourse, yes, the group should have the say. But then again, as we have seen in the past, a group is easily swayed uh, because you just have to get the lowest common denominator. You have to just get the majority of people who are not paying attention and sway their judgment through things like, I don't know, made up stories, rumors, things that sound good, but are probably not true. Uh, and then next thing you know, you have uh, a reality show president. So I'll stand by what I said. Groupthink stinks. I don't like groupthink. Uh, I've learned in my older age that when a group of people get together and make a decision on something creative, it's usually watered down. How's that? Is that a nice way to put it? Okay. For our next story, we're going to talk some Halloween talk. And it's about costumes and about which costume you can't get anymore, unless you make it yourself, which probably you should. But fly costumes are apparently sold out across the globe. Uh, according to this TMZ report, <laughs> Yes, I've, I've gone into the well of TMZ to get my uh, information here. Um, a lot of folks decided to dress up as a as a housefly after Mike Pence's uh, little fly run-in. And the people at HalloweenCostumes.com have said that their adult fly costume is out of stock and their supplier is sold out too. But if you wanted to dress your kids up as a housefly, apparently you can still find, you know, toddler sized <laughs> housefly costumes. So, you know, I think that would be cute. You could dress up as Mike Pence and then dress your kid up as a, as a fly and just stick them on your shoulders or her on your shoulders and there you go. You've got the perfect Mike Pence fly costume. So that's the way I would go. I wanted to talk about Halloween costumes further than fly costumes. Google has put together their list, uh, their Frightgeist 2020 top costumes list. And you can look at um, nationally and locally what the most popular costumes are. So I can tell you right now that nationally the top 10 costumes are kind of cute. I, I'm, I was surprised by this list. Honestly, uh, there are some pop reference things in here, but Spider-Man is number 10. And I mean, who doesn't want, who doesn't love Spider-Man? I thought, I thought about during the election to go show up at my poll dressed up with a Spider-Man mask on just to cover my whole face with a Spider-Man mask. Because what are they going to say? Sir, please take off that Spider-Man mask. And I'd be like, no, then you'll find out my secret identity. 
I cannot show you my my face under this mask because COVID reasons, right? I thought that would be a great idea. Probably just annoy the poll workers. They probably don't need to be annoyed right now. Or it might make them smile. Ninja is number nine. And it's, you know, that makes me happy that ninjas are still cool in 2020. Number eight, the devil. Heck yeah. All right. Obvious. Number seven, video gaming comes into play here. Fortnite. I, don't, I mean, how do you dress up as a Fortnite? I imagine there's multiple characters. So I guess they lump them all together. That feels like it's kind of cheating, though. Because you could just put, instead of Fortnite, you could say comic book. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Any character in comic books? So I, who knows? I don't know anything about Fortnite. I don't play Fortnite. And my son, who loves video gaming, does not play Fortnite. So go figure that. Guess what's ahead of Devil, though? At number six, Angel. There's hope in this world. The angel is more popular than the devil. But more popular than an angel is the clown costume. Yes, I, that is creepy. That is scary. Uh, if you dress your kid up as a clown, you're going to hell. Uh, <laughs> number four, rabbit. Really? Rabbit. I just finished watching uh the amazon show the john cusack amazon show utopia and rabbits are pretty um menacing in that show so maybe uh maybe that's the tie-in i doubt it though because that show just came out like in the last few weeks number three this one surprised me a lot this is the most surprising of this top 10 to me Harlequin, more popular than Spider-Man, more popular than generic superhero, which is number 22, <laughs> more popular than Batman, which is number 27, or Joker, which is number 30, Wonder Woman's 31, right? Let's see, we have Yoda at 43, Baby Yoda's at 47. They separated Yoda and Baby Yoda, but get this, Star Wars is number 28. They didn't lump Yoda or Baby Yoda into Star Wars. Like, this list is pretty, I'm starting to doubt how accurate this list is. Um, but yeah, Harlequin, I still haven't even watched that movie. I don't know, but I guess it's popular with the kids these days. Number two, Dinosaur. I imagine it's one of those T-Rex inflatable costumes because those are always funny. And number one, with a, a, just a, a massive win year after year, the champion of all Halloween costumes, a witch. <laughs> yeah, all right, I get it. Which is like the easiest thing you can do because, yeah, you can just put on like black clothes. All you need is the hat, some makeup. You can be a witch and a broom, maybe. Some shockers in there. Some shockers in there. I, I, I still can't get over that Rabbit is more popular than the devil. I remember being a kid and like dre dressing up as a devil was like kind of up there with witch, you know? It's an easy one to do. You just need the horns. I, I dressed up as a devil a few years. As an adult, I had these stick-on horns on my bald-ass head and it looked really cool. I should dig up that picture, but I'm too lazy. 
<laughs> anyway, if you're hearing this and you're in the Charleston area and it's not Friday or Saturday yet, you should really, really, really head over to Tradesman Brewing, our brewery, and yeah, I believe it's at six o'clock on Friday and six o'clock on Saturday. The Unbound Collective Ballet Performance will be going on. It's free. Just go. What else are you going to do? Just show up. It's dance. It's free. Bring some money. Donate to them. I also added a little link to the Unbound Ballet Project website for Crystal Wellman on my Instagram flow page. So if you go to my Instagram at JoeLatex, J-O-E-L, the number 8X, and you look at the flow page, you know, the link that's in the bio, you'll see a link in there to go to the Unbound Ballet Project and donate. Get the, give Crystal's crew some money. They're working their ass off for free. So go ahead and do that. What else can I tell you? Uh, I think that's all I got going on. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and share the show with your friends. Uh, I have an excellent uh, show coming up on Monday. I, I, I already recorded it. It's in the bag, so I can tell you who it is. It's a it's a musician who's undergone this crazy life change um, due to circumstance, and she has risen through the ashes like a phoenix and become Pip the Pansy. That's right, Pip the Pansy is my guest on Monday. So you definitely want to check that out. That was an awesome, awesome discussion that I had with Pip the Pansy. And I think you'll enjoy it. Otherwise, have a great day. Peace! Peace!